welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guybe. Good afternoon. The great Matt Guybe here once again with the Kingdom Corner Podcast on this kind of sunny June afternoon in the middle of June. And I'm back to you today on the Kingdom Corner with part four, I believe, of our sessions or episodes on apostles and prophets. And today we want to look at the specific office of prophet. We want to start that. And so we will go back to our foundational scripture, which is found in Ephesians 4. And I will read from that, Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, and then we'll go on. Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, New Living Translation. Our foundational scripture for um, when Christ gave these fivefold offices to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Last time we were together some time ago, we spoke about, of course, the apostles. Today we're going to speak about Prophets. And like I said, this is episode four of the series, and you can go back to about the end of April to find the other three sessions the foundation of the kingdom, prophets and apostles. That was the first one. Then we spoke about divines and definitions, apostles and prophets. And last time we spoke about and defined the office of apostle. And now we will begin to speak about prophets and define that from scripture and from the Hebrew language and Greek language. Amos 3.7 said, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And then Luke 1.70 in the New Testament, As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. So that lays the basis for prophets. Prophets have been in the word of God from Genesis when Abraham was called a prophet, to Revelation, when John was given the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos, there were all prophets involved in coming up with the Holy Canon of Scripture. He spoke through the prophets, and we're going to we're going to look into that today a bit. And I want to go just get down to the brass knuckles or brass tacks, as it were, and really dive deeply into the word prophet and show what the word meant in both the Old Testament and New Testament today. And I'm going to read from some research I did many years ago in Bible college. And I'm going to read because I think these are, these really will give you 
the flavor from the original language of the Bible of what a prophet is and, and what, when you hear the definition of what actions they're taking. We're going to start and we're going to look at about three or four major words in both the Hebrew and one in the Greek that really define for us the word prophet. The basic word translated prophet in the Old Testament from the Hebrew language is nabi, or we would say it navi, nabi or navi. And that's used over 300 times in the Old Testament. And its root in the Hebrew was naba or nava, naba or nava, translated over 100 times as prophecy or prophet. In the New Testament, the only word that was used, and this is a wonderful word when we unpack it more for prophet, is prophetes, prophetes, used for prophet. Along with this, we also look at propheteo or propheteo, which is translated prophecy. So the prophet gives the prophecy. The prophetes is the propheteo, translated prophecy in light of the fact these are both connected words. Let's go on then. I want to go on and really get into this now. We're going to first look at the one that was used 300 times in the Old Testament, which is Nabi or Navi. More likely, you will find it as Navi, a prophet or spokesman. And that comes from a root word meaning when they prophesy, Naba or Nava. So this will really define what a prophet or a Navi is doing by nava, to prophesy. To prophesy, nava means to prophesy by divine inspiration that shows oneself to be a prophet. Trajeles describes the Hebrew word the following way. Nava means to cause, to bubble up, hence to pour forth words abundantly as is done by those who speak with ardor or divine emotion of the mind. This word also gives a connotation of a belching forth or a pouring forth abundantly, which we then can say that this word establishes that it means to bubble forth or pour forth like a fountain would, would pour forth or spew forth water. Just as a fountain pours forth in freedom and abundance, so also did the prophets of old. They were only able to pour forth their words because of an anointing upon them by God. Let me interject something in there. There's also the false anointing from the enemy, from the demons. So there were false prophets being inspired by demonic spirits that bubble forth as well. It would be bubbling forth or pouring forth in either a positive or negative sense. This pouring forth or bubbling forth as a fountain was not predicated out of their own hearts or minds. They were inspired by God to bubble forth or pour forth with their words. So we've covered that. It was a bubbling forth, a pouring forth like a fountain pours forth. The Old Testament word navi or nava under divine inspiration. It's like they were compelled with the words to speak. And you find that throughout the whole Old Testament. Whole chapters of the Bible were prophecies, like from Isaiah and Jeremiah, where there were portions of Scripture. They were actually under the inspiration, word for word, prophesying, okay, or bubbling forth, or pouring forth as a fountain. Let's go on. An important point is that the Hebrew word nava or naba is translated the majority of time in the English language as prophecy and a few times as prophet. The root word or form, like we talked about, is navi and is translated as prophet in the English language. So these two words in the Hebrew are very much related, basically showing that the prophet was an individual, and we talked about this, who was divinely inspired or moved upon, in our case, or consideration by God 
to give forth his word, not of their own volition or mind, but as they were anointed, to bubble forth and pour out of their heart as they yielded to God to do so. And then we talked about the false prophets. There were prophets that prophesied by Baal, which was a demonic spirit. Jeremiah 2.8. Jeremiah 23, 18 talks about the prophets of Baal speaking forth. Now let's look at the New Testament word for prophet or prophecy. means prophet, foreteller, forthteller, or expounder. This is the word in Greek for prophet. It's the one word that's found in the New Testament. It's derived from two words. Pro, meaning before time or before place, in front of or in advance, Matthew 11.10 says, pro, or before I send my messenger. Acts 5.53 uses the word standing without pro, or before the prison doors. That's what we're talking about right now. Pro, that's the first part of the word. Luke 11.38, wash pro, that is before dinner. Uh, Luke 6.8, God knows the need pro before we pray. James 5.12 uses the word above or pro before all things. The next part of the word prophetes or prophete means to manifest a fetes part or make known one's thoughts. It refers to saying or affirming. This word is also derived. First, we break prophetes down to pro, which means before, then fetes, which means to manifest or make known one's thoughts. We break fetes down. This is where it get, really gets beautiful and rich. He says. Fete, speak the word only, or manifest the word only in Matthew 3, 8. And we break fetes down into two more Greek words. So fetes, the first part of it, and this is a beautiful word, means phos, which means to shine or make manifest, and you probably or illuminate, and can mean this in a literal or figurative sense, speaks of fire or light. And when you think of that word phos, we get our word phosphorus from that. 1 John 1, 5, God is the foss and not darkness. God is foss or light and not darkness. And then the second part of the word, first we have foss, which means to shine or illuminate, has to do with lighting. Then we have phaino. This word means to cause to appear, to bring to light, to manifest, to shine, to make visible. The light, John 1, 5, phaino's in darkness or shines in darkness. Matthew one twenty, an angel of God, Thano, appeared to Joseph. So when we put these two words together, Phos and Thano, we can see that they deal with bringing forth something to manifest or illuminate it. The word Phos deals more directly, of course, with light. We talked about phosphorus. But in our case, when something is made known or manifest, it is brought to light or brought out in the open and made visible to all. So it has those beautiful connotations. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about a prophet, somebody that's prophesying with the New Testament word there in Greek. Then when we tie these words back to their source, thetes or theme, which means to make manifest, allege, confirm, we can come up with the idea of the illumination of or the bringing into light of or the making manifest of, namely the heart and mind of God. So they're bringing the light, they're bringing it out in the open, the mind or the heart of God that is alleged and brought out to the people. It's confirmed by God. When this basic idea is tied together with the word pro, we come up with the following primary definition of the word prophet as found in the Greek, prophemae, 
to say beforehand, to bring into light, to make manifest, to allege. So the prophets of God not only foretold or gave forth God's word, but they also foretold. See, this is the connotation more in the New Testament of foretelling. You see that meaning more so in the this word prophetes than you do like Navi or Nava in the Old Testament, the foretelling part beforehand. So they gave forth God's word, but they also foretold or made manifest, brought to light, confirmed and alleged his word to the world beforehand. That is before it happened. This came about as a result of God anointing them, and it fell on them as they yielded themselves as instruments and mouthpieces through which God could flow to his people. And this was not predicated again upon their thoughts and ideas. It's right from the heart and mind of God. So let's see. Those are the main words then. Nava, Navi, same word there for prophet in the Old Testament. That was the one word we looked at, Nava or Navi. And then what else? We'll go back here. Nava, Navi, or Nabi. Then in the New Testament, we had prophetes, prophetes for prophet which is an illumining and lighting up like a phosphorus light. You know, you go down the street at night and you see fluorescent light, maybe by a window of a bar or some other store. And then the other part beforehand, it's a telling beforehand of something. Beautiful words there that really bring to light the operation of what a prophet's word was doing. It was illuminating. It was lighting up. It was telling beforehand. He was bubbling forth from God's heart and mind, not his own ideas and thoughts. So that gives you a good idea we talked about. And then there are some other lesser words in the Old Testament. These are interesting words because when we think of a prophet, we could also think of, and some people today are prophets in this sense, and the Old Testament calls them seers, or chose, seer, which means one that receives the word of God, not just in words, but in a vision. And it's interesting, if you read in 2 Samuel 24, the word of the Lord uh, came to the prophet Gad through a chazah, through a vision, because David needed to be disciplined because he had sinned in numbering Israel. So God gave this man, this prophet Gad, a vision. And in the vision, he revealed three things that could happen to Israel. And so Gad had to go talk to David and say, hey, these are your three choices for punishment. First, you can choose to have seven years of famine. The second choice is three months fleeing from your enemy. And I think the third one was three days of pestilence. And I believe they chose the three days of pestilence. You'll have to go read if you want to know. 2 Samuel 24, starting at verse 11. That's chosed. That's that word. Let's see what it says in this paper I wrote about that word, because those are the lesser words. Let me see. We have Naba, Nava, Navi, Nabi, and Prophetes. Those are the main words, Old Testament, New Testament. And then we get another kind of flavor of the word in the Old Testament. If we go look here, right here, chosed, seer, beholder in a vision, a gazer upon a dream. This word is translated prophet in the Hebrew twice and seer 18 times. The root word chazah means to gaze at or see a vision, maybe have a dream. Isaiah 30:10, and to the prophets or to the seers, he's talking. 
2 Samuel 24, 11, that's what I was talking about. The prophet Gad, he was called David's seer. It says that in 24, 11. 2 Chronicles 33, 19, the sayings of the seers. Ezekiel 13, 16, and which see, that is Chazo, visions of peace. These are seer prophets. And a lot of people today that are prophets or move in the prophetic receive visions. I'm not a prophet. I move in the prophetic. I very rarely move in dreams or visions. I'm one that receives words. But there are those or friends of mine who are more of a seer. There are a few other minor words. Another one I like is masa, burden. That only happened twice. You can read in Proverbs 30, verse 1, Proverbs 31, 1. And these are more of a song of sadness or a dirge to highlight an important word that God wants to bring. I think in those Proverbs, I read through them today, had to do with, oh, just about basic things about living, about how a son or daughter, a lot of times as they grew up, they turned away from their mother or father's teaching, and that was not a very good thing. That was a serious thing. And some other things in there that the dirge was given through a song that the person got. I think uh, Agur, the prophet, in Proverbs 31, got that word. Um, let's see. Do we have any other minor words for another word that's interesting to me in the Old Testament? 300 times we have Navi or Navi for prophet, prophecy. But there's another word besides Masa. That was only a couple times. And Choza, 18 times when you read the word prophet or prophecy. Nataf, Nataf, which means to drop, to let drop. They drop the word on them. Micah 2.6, prophecy, drop. You say ye not they to them. Prophesy not, or don't drop the word on them. That's basically what he's saying, Micah 2.6. Micah 2.11 says, I will drop a word unto thee of wine. You can read about that. So those are the other words, Naptaf, to drop, Chozeh, Seer, Masa, burden, about this song there in Proverbs 30 and 31. Gives you a good flavor or idea of how prophets are operating and how they speak forth from God. Let me read another scripture, and this will give you a good job description, what the job entails for a prophet. Hebrews eleven thirty two through 38. What more shall I say then? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Remember Elijah praying over the widow woman's son. Others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men and women of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. You want the job of a prophet or a prophetess? A Hebrews eleven thirty two through 38. They did a lot of wonderful things, said a lot of wonderful things, brought about a lot of wonderful miracles, and yet 
because their words were so direct and to the point, and at that time Israel and Judah were so out of touch with God, many of them were tortured and put to death because people didn't want to hear the word. And i sad to say, and I don't want to get down a rabbit hole today or jump on a horse and beat a dead horse, but I think we're coming to that place in America today. God's going to raise up mighty prophetic men and women of God, mighty prophetesses and mighty prophets to speak his word plainly, speak it truthfully, speak it to the heart of matters. There are going to be people that are overjoyed by it, but there are going to be other people who will be enraged by it. A much persecution may come because of it. It's not It's not just a walk in the park. It's not just a walk in the tulip uh, garden. There are consequences and there are trials that go with that office of a prophet. And so we've started this section this apostle and prophet foundations for the kingdom, the foundation of the kingdom made up of apostles and prophets. We've defined apostles last time. We've talked quite a bit in depth now about a prophet or prophetess and what they do based on the meaning of the Hebrew and Greek words. Let's look a little further before I quit today, and then I'm going to quit and I'm going to come back and we're going to dive a little deeper because there's more to this uh, about prophets. A prophet's not called to a moment, just one moment in time, but to a journey in a time or season to manifest the image and heart of God that he's been placing inside of them, okay? They're not just called to a moment. They're not just called to give a word and then go away. I heard another prophet teacher talking the other day about how there's so much lack of understanding in the body of Christ about the prophetic and how to operate properly in the prophetic. And there are a lot of what he called seagull prophets who just want to come into a church or a region and dump on people a bunch of words and then fly away. The words of a prophet are meant to be judged by the church and by the rest of the fivefold ministry. Apostles, that's why apostles and prophets need to work together. Teachers and pastors and evangelists are meant to work together so that word does not stand alone and so that it's judged. Let's just read the first mention of a prophet in the Bible. And I want to read from Genesis 20 and verse 7. And we'll just read that verse. It's the first time a man was called a prophet, I believe. Genesis 20, verse 7. Now, therefore, this is when Abraham went down to um, sojourn at Gerar. He kind of got off track. God had called him out of the land that he was in. And he was with his wife, Sarah, and he went before this king, Abimelech, and he was afraid of the king because his wife was very pretty, very beautiful. Sarah was very beautiful, thought the man would take her as his own wife. So he lied to the king and said, that's my sister, okay, which really got him in more trouble here, as we shall see. And what happened in these scriptures is God actually gave Abimelech a dream and said, don't go after this woman to be your wife, basically, because she's really Abraham's wife. And so Abimelech confronted, actually spoke to God in the dream about it, later on confronted um, Abraham. It was kind of an embarrassing situation in this chapter, chapter 20. Let's see what God says, though, about Abraham. Now, therefore, this is uh, God talking to Abimelech, restore the man's wife, for he is, he's talking about Abraham, a prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. In other words, he's going to bless you because he's a prophet. He has that ability. He has that impartation power from God, as it were. And you will not die, all of you and yours. 
So here was old Abraham fell into a sin of fear that caused him to lie, and yet God still called him a prophet. He didn't say, oh, you're disqualified. He said, hey, go tell to Abraham about it. He's my prophet. He'll pray for you. Another time he talked to Moses, as we read on in the Old Testament, and he said, I will make you a god to Pharaoh. I believe Moses was a prophet as well. And of course, Moses was in fear, and so his brother Aaron had to be his mouthpiece. <laughs> and yet Moses was called I to be a prophet to Egypt and before Israel. So we're getting into this study of prophet. But let's review again. A prophet is a nava or a navi, according, according to the Old Testament, the word used over 300 times. And he bubbles forth or spouts forth God's word under the inspiration of God not his own heart or mind, like a fountain. He's compelled to do so. He can't keep it inside. The other word we looked at was so beautiful. Uh, those are two Old Testament words. We look at prophetes, which means to illuminate, to light up something, to bring attention to it, and to speak it beforehand. Those were the two words we looked at. And then also some minor words which showed the prophets, especially in the Old Testament, but we have them today, to be seers. They receive visions they receive a word from a vision and give it to somebody like Gad did to David when David sinned about his choices of punishment. That's a very good example we read about, I think, in 2 Samuel. And then Masa was the word burden that was sang in a dirge, something very important that was sang kind of as a warning, I believe. And then for today, we'll close out the episode today and we will come back talking about prophet. We're talking about apostles and prophets and how they fit into the foundational part of bringing the kingdom of God and establishing it on earth. Thank you for being a part of this podcast today. God bless you. Hey, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family.